It's game 162 for the New York Mets and the Houston Colts 45s, the final game of the season. And the starting lineups for the game. For the Colts 45s, Glenn Vaughn will lead off and play shortstop. Batting second, playing second base, Joe Morgan. Batting third in left field, Jim Wynn. The fourth batter will be the first baseman, Rusty Stodd. Batting fifth and playing third base, Bob Aspermani. Batting sixth in center field, Ivan Morrell. Batting seventh, playing right field, John Pashorik. Batting eighth and catching, John Bateman. And on the mound for the Colt 45s, Chris Zachary, he'll bat ninth. For the New York Mets, Eddie Cranepool will lead off. He'll be in right field. Batting second and playing center field, Duke Carmel. Batting third at second base, Ron Hunt. Batting in the cleanup spot, playing first base, Tim Harkness. Batting fifth at third base, Jim Hickman. Batting sixth and playing left field, Joe Hicks. The seventh batter will be the catcher, Tutu Coleman. Batting eighth and playing shortstop, Al Moran. And on the mound, it will be Larry Bernard, batting ninth. The umpires now taking their respective positions. Paul Pryor behind home plate. Frank Sicori at first base. Frank Walsh at second base. And the third base umpire is Ken Burkhardt. Manager Casey Stengel now leaving the home plate area to go back to the first base dugout where the Mets are located. The Mets and Colts have played 17 games this year. The Mets have won five. The Colts have won 12. Right here at Colts Stadium, the Colts have won six of the eight games played so far. Now the Houston Colts 45s take the field. The Colts 45s have won one more game this year, and they won all last year. A total of 65. They have lost 96. The Mets have a record this year of 51 wins, 110 losses, and the Mets have won 11 more games this year than they did all of the last season. This is the final game of the year, and now right-hander Chris Zachary steps out to the mound. He's all set to take his warm-up pitches. At first base, Rusty Staub. At second base, Joe Morgan. Glenn Vaughn at short. Third baseman, Bob Aspermani. The catcher is John Bateman. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. of our national anthem, the final game of the season is about to get underway. You know, I get asked a lot of questions about beer, and I guess the one question I get asked more frequently than any other is, is there really a difference in beers? Well, of course there is. You see, each brewer has certain ideas about brewing. Some brewers prefer one hop to another. Some prefer one type of barley malt to another. Take Rheingold. 
gathered together at Rheingold Brewery is the largest staff of brewmasters in any major brewery, and they have very definite opinions as to how Rheingold should be brewed. They brew the extra dry way. That's why Rheingold tastes different from other beers. The extra dry way is long, slow, and costlier, but Rheingold's brewers felt this is the only way to brew beer as beer should taste. That's why Rheingold Extra Dry has a flavor that's brisk and bright and clean clear through. So, next time, enjoy a tall, cool, refreshing glass of Rheingold Extra Dry. And now for the last time this year, the New York Mets playing the Houston Colt 45s, and for the last time in baseball this year, once again, indeed, a great pleasure to bring to the microphone Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph, and hello, everybody. Ed Cranepool is in, a left-hand batter, Chris Zachary, into the windup here at the first pitch of the game, and it's in there for a call, strike one. All fire, the umpire behind the plate here this afternoon at Cole Stadium. Rod Keneal coaching at first base for the New York Mets, and Sally Hemus is on the coaching lines around at third. Again, the pitch, a breaking ball, it's low, and inside, runs the count even at 1-1 to Ed Cranepool. In the leadoff spot and playing right field this afternoon for the New York Mets. A beautiful baseball afternoon in Houston, Texas. Chris Zachary is 19 years of age and his first season of professional baseball going after his third straight win here today. And this pitch is fired outside for a ball. It's two and one. Zachary has made four appearances against the Mets this season with a combined record of one victory and no losses. He has pitched nine in the third innings and allowed three earned runs on nine hits. Two walks and he struck out six against the Mets. And this pitch is low. The count goes to three and one against Ed Cranepool. And this is Chris Zachary's seventh start of the season. He was signed right out of Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. Put on the roster of the big club to protect him as a first-year player. And here is the three-one pitch. Swung out, hit on the ground to second base. It is Joe Morgan on a big hop, playing the rusty stop at first, and there's one away. That will bring up Met center fielder Duke Carmel. Carmel is batting 236. He has four home runs and 20 runs batted in. A native of New York City. Number one, center fielder Duke Carmel. The Colt 45s have an infield. A rusty stop at first. Joe Morgan at second. Glenn Vaughn at short, and Bob Aspromati at third. A wind-up and the pitch. Breaking ball. It's in there for a call strike. Slow curveball. Ron Hutt has moved out to the on-deck circle now for the Mets. In this final three-game set, each team has won one of the previously played two games. Here's a swing and a miss on a breaking ball. It's a two-strike count to Carmel. Wind blowing across here from left over toward right. At Colt Stadium. Zachary gets the sign from Johnny Bateman. Here's a two-strike delivery. Swung on and missed again. He let up on him with a breaking ball and got Carmel swinging. So there are two men out, nobody on base, and Ron Hunt is the batter. He's had a fine rookie season for the New York Mets. Coming in here to the final day of the year, he is batting 270. Ten home runs and 42 runs batted in. Impressive figures for a young man who previously had not played even in AAA baseball. Last year, he played in the Texas League at Austin, where he had only two home runs all season long. But in his first major league season, Ron Hunt has chipped in with 10 homers and 42 runs batted in. Here's a swing and a foul ball to the right side and out of play. It's strike one. 
A.C. Stengel has said repeatedly that the performance of Ryan Hunt is one of his most pleasant surprises of this baseball season. Here is a pitch that hits him on the left shoulder, and he goes on down to first. Ryan Hunt, hard as nails, doesn't flinch. He doesn't rub it. He simply goes on down to first, throws the helmet over, and is on the bag at first. You know, there are a lot of ball players in the major leagues who would not rub the spot where they're hit by a pitch ball if they were in a state of near collapse. That's too much of a concession to the pitcher. Up there now is Tim Harkness, a left-hand batter, with a batting average of 210, 10 home runs, and 41 runs batted in. Pitches outside for ball. 1-0. Harkness feels that he did not really get himself untracked until fairly late in the season. He feels that the first several months were uh, months of frustration for him this year in the National League. Then he was injured when he was hit on the hand by a ball thrown by the Houston Gold 45 pitcher, Turk Farrell. Here's a pitch high for a ball, 2-0. But then Harkness has come back and has, uh, in the last month or so, stopped trying to pull everything and has been going with the pitch and has had a number of extra base hits to the opposite field. And figures very prominently in Met plans for the future. Tim Harkness. Here's 2-0 pitch. It's high. Bateman bluffs does not throw the first. Ron Hutt back at the bag. So the count is three balls and no strikes with two men out and nobody on base. We're in the top half of the first inning. And the slot on the scorecard that says tomorrow's game is vacant today because there is no tomorrow as far as this season is concerned. Hunt takes his lead, the 3-0 pitch is in there for a call strike. Harkness took it, it's 3-1. Jim Hickman has moved out to the on-deck circle. Chris Zachary working off the stretch now as Hunt takes his lead. Rusty Staub is holding against him. 3-1 pitch is high, he walked him, and Harkness goes to first base. That's the first walk issued by Zachary. Number nine, third baseman, Jim Hickman. That will bring Hickman. up Jim Hickman. Stan Musial today, of course, is playing his last game, the last game of a tremendous baseball career in the National League. In his first time up in the first inning today, he was called out on strikes. In the fourth inning, he singled the center. We'll give you his final totals, his career totals, as soon as that game is over in St. Louis today. The last day of a great career. Jim Hickman is in and waiting. Runners lead first and second. The pitch is high for ball one. Jim Hickman is batting 229, but he has 17 home runs to lead the Mets in that department, and he has 51 runs batted in. Frank Thomas leads in runs batted in with 60. Hickman, of course, started the season as an outfielder and then moved into third base. One-two pitch, swung on, fouled off. Joe Hicks has moved out to the on-deck circle now. Ron Hunt at second and Tim Harkness at first. Casey Stengel is still very high on the future of this young man in the National League. Jim Hickman. Zachary now up and checks. Here is the pitch, and it's low for a ball. 
Johnny Bateman, the catcher, has called time and has gone out now to have a word with Chris Zachary. As Ralph kind of told you, it's a very comfortable afternoon here in Houston. With the temperature 84 degrees at game time and the humidity 35% and a breeze blowing here at the ballpark. Now again, Zachary is set to work. Checks the runners. The 2-1 pitch. Swung on and missed. It's 2-2. Two and two. Minnesota Twins scheduled at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees this afternoon, and that game has been postponed because of rain. Now again, Hickman waits. And the 2-2 pitch. It's a slow curveball. He checks and fouls it off. He let up a great deal on that one, and uh, Hickman brought the batter on, just met it, and fouled it off. It's 2-2. Chris Zachary, of course, one of the young hopefuls on the pitching staff of the Houston Colt 45s. Colt 45s have two rookies in the lineup today, making their first major league start. Ivan Morrell, John Pishorek. And here's a 2-2 pitch, swung on and missed. He let up on a breaking ball, struck him out, and two strikeouts in the inning for Zachary. In the top half of the first, the Mets got no runs, no hits, there were no errors, and two left. Score at the end of a half inning is the Mets nothing, and the Colt 45 is coming up nothing. Well, how many of you fans remember this historic moment in baseball? On a spring evening of 1935, a button is pushed in the White House, and 500 miles away, Cincinnati's Crosley Field is flooded with light. The umpire yells, play ball, and the Major League's first night baseball game is underway. Baseball under the lights is only one of many exciting changes the big leagues have seen throughout the years. But while baseball has changed, Rheingold Extra Dry's great flavor has stayed the same for the past 126 years. How come? Because Rheingold still takes the same special care in brewing they began taking so many years ago. At Rheingold, they still use only the choicest ingredients so that you get beer as beer should taste. Rheingold today still has only one way of brewing Rheingold Extra Dry. And that's the long, slow, costly way. The only way to get flavor that's brisk and bright and clean clear through. A sparkling flavor you can enjoy right now. Just open up or order up a cool, refreshing Rheingold Extra Dry. For the Colt 45, shortstop Glenn Vaughn is at the plate, and Bernard's first pitch is in there for a called strike. Vaughn is batting 179. He's been up 28 times and has five hits. He's a left-hand batter, Larry Bernard, with the pitch it swung on and fouled off. A two-strike count to Glenn Vaughn. Larry Bernard, who has been a fine performer, mostly in the bullpen for the Mets this year. He's won three and lost seven as far as the record is concerned. Here's a swing and a miss, and he gets the strikeout on the first man he faces. Vaughn is out swinging. One away, and that'll bring up Joe Morgan, the second baseman. Morgan is batting 261. he He's been up 23 times and has six hits. Three runs batted in. He also is a left-hand batter. 
He's in and waiting. We're in the bottom half of the first inning. Fires the fastball outside. He moved up as though to bunt. Joe Morgan is 20 years of age. He was signed as a free agent in 1962. Born in Texas at Bonham. Now he lives in the Bay Area of California at Oakland. He's 5'7 and 150 pounder. He split the 1963 season. His first between Modesta and Durham. And this one is fired in for a call strike. It's 1-1. One, one. one man out, nobody on base. And here's a swing and it's popped up. Toward third base, Jim Hickman flips the glasses, comes in behind the mound and makes the catch. So Joe Morgan has popped the third. There are two men out, and left fielder Jim Wynn is coming up. Jim Wynn is batting 243. He has four home runs and 26 runs batted in. The Colts 45s have not decided for sure whether Jim Wynn is an infielder or an outfielder. He was drafted out of the Cincinnati organization last year. Here's a fastball in for a call strike. And the Colts 45s brought him up this year and inserted him at shortstop, then moved him on to the outfield. Sidearm delivery, swung on it on the ground, foul back a third. Knocked down, slowed down by Hickman. Ken Burkhardt starts after it and decides he won't, and now decides he will as Burkhardt runs down the foul ball. The count is two strikes. This pitch is high off the top of the glove of Coleman and on back to the screen. It's one and two. Twenty-two-year-old Larry Bernard, 6'2", 203-pounder, from Belmore, Long Island, New York. Alumnus of St. John's. Here's the one-two pitch. Swung on and missed. Struck him out. And so Larry Bernard gets two strikeouts in the first inning as he sets the side down in order with no runs on no hits, no errors, none left. And the score at the end of an inning is the Mets nothing and the Houston Colts 45s nothing. We're going to the top half of the second. And Joe Hicks is coming up now to lead off for the Mets. This winter, Joe is going to be managing at Managua, Nicaragua. He's a left-hand batter. Hitting 232. Five home runs and 22 runs batted in. 19-year-old Chris Zachary into the windup and the pitch. Swung on, foul back onto the screen, out of play at strike one. No score, and we're in the top half of the second inning. Let up, and it's in there. Breaking ball. Two-strike count. Chris Zachary working with a lot of off-speed pitches here this afternoon. He's getting a sign from Johnny Bateman. Two strike delivery and it's high and away. One and two. Code 45 outfield is Jim Wynn in left. Ivan Morell in center and John Fashorek in right. Here's a one-two pitch. High. I noticed uh, just before the ball game when we were mentioning Fashorek that Ralph kind of flinched a couple of times because he, he thought that Clem Fashorek had come back. Uh, well, it's one way to remember the name, Lindsay, anyway. It does start out and sound a lot like it. Sounds a great deal like it. You're exactly right. Here's 2-2 two, two pitch. Swung on, hit in the air to right field, and John Pashorek is over and back and makes the catch, although he ran uh, sort of a strange pattern getting over there. He made it. Looked like an end going after one of those passes. <laughs> I think he did. There's one away, and Choo Choo Coleman's coming up. Met catcher is batting 176. He has three home runs and eight runs batted in. Number 17, the catcher, 2-2. Wind is blowing rather stiffly uh, out toward right, and that is why 
Pishorek uh, faked a couple of times from going home. That ball carried a little farther than he thought it was going to when it got uh, in that wind. Here's a pitch that sails high and away for ball one. Rod Keneal on the coaching lines at first base this afternoon for the Mets. Swing and foul ball. Going into the stands and out of play. Bateman gave it a run because uh, he figured that the wind blowing back out might bring it back out and look for a moment as though it uh, just might, but it landed three or four rows deep in the stands. Most of you know the grandstand here at Cole Stadium is single deck with no roof. And now the 1-1 pitch. Swung on, hit on the ground to the right side. Rusty Staub takes it, goes for the bag, and beats Coleman for the out unassisted. Two men away, and Al Moran is coming up. The final game of the season for the Mets and the Colts. The Mets played their first exhibition game on March 9th. And have been in steady competition since. Moran is a right-hand batter, hitting 195. He has one home run and 23 runs batted in. Swing and a miss. It's strike one. Jan Zachary is set to work. And it's low for a ball. It's one and one. Lindsay, speaking to Rusty Staub, a boy who went to school with Rusty at Jesuit High School in New Orleans had quite a night last night for LSU over against Rice. Boy named Screen, he's quite a quarterback. There's a swing and a foul ball. He sure is. Pat Screen uh, from New Orleans. Uh, matter of fact, last year he was in school there at LSU and they didn't play him. But I uh, understand a lot of the Mets and Colts went to the ball game last night, Ralph. They had a full load that went over there to watch the game won by Rice. It was a good ball game in that stadium over there. Certainly one of the nicest I've ever seen. Seats about 70,000. Not a post in the house. Not Beautiful. a one. Here's a one-two pitch, and it's high, and that's the way Shea Stadium's going to be. No post to obscure the view. This is one of the greatest improvements made in stadium construction because I'm the guy that sits behind the post, you know. You're the guy that gets those tickets, huh? <laughs> Here's a two-two pitch. Hit in the air to the right side, and drifting back is Joe Morgan, the second baseman. He's in short right field. It carries him on out, and Pishorek calls him off and makes the catch. Morgan went out and called, but the wind carried that ball on back, so Pishorek called him off and made the catch. Sides out in order. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. The score at the end of an inning and a half, and that's nothing, and the Houston Colt 45 is nothing. You know, baseball's a funny game in many respects. You see some fellows come along and zoom to the top, and then suddenly they're back in the minors. But I guess that's true of a lot of things. Take beer, for example. It's like baseball in that to stay on top, you've really got to have it. And I guess you'll agree that Rheingold has really got it. It's been the favorite beer of millions for many, many years. Rheingold's amazing popularity can be explained by two little words, extra dry. Rheingold brews the long, slow, costly away, so you get a dividend in taste. A taste that's brisk and bright and clean, clear through. Yes, Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. But find that out for yourself. Enjoy a tall, refreshing glass of Rheingold right now. Join the millions who say, 
My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Bottom of the second, Rusty Staub is at the plate, and Larry Bernard's pitch is low for ball one. Staub's batting 224 for the season, six home runs and 44 runs batted in. And here's a pitch swung on, hit in the air down the right field line, given a run by Cranville. It's in the bullpen out of play. Didn't quite get to it. Bernard let up on that one. Well, as we've indicated, the Mets began playing an exhibition competition on March 9th, and we have been broadcasting every game that they have played since that time. And the Brewers of Rheingold Extra Dry have been very happy to send you these Mets broadcasts and the telecasts throughout the season. We hope that you've enjoyed them. Rusty Staub waits, and here is the 1-1 pitch in there for a call strike. It's 1-2. and two. Larry Bernard working steadily. as a swing and a ground ball deep. It's a fair ball taken by Harkness, and he beats Staub to the bag. He's gone out unassisted. One away, and Bob Aspromati is coming up. Aspermani has a season's Number average of 211, 8 home runs and 48 runs batted in. We'll try to keep you posted on the progress of other sports events uh, throughout the afternoon so that you can listen to the Mets and the Colts and be advised of what's going on elsewhere. Here's a pitch low for a ball. In the National Football League, the Washington Redskins have defeated the Dallas Cowboys by a score of 21-17. to 17. That is a final score. That pitch is outside for a ball. 2-0. Oh. Of course, the New York football giants defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 37-14 today in the National Football League. That pitch is low for a ball. Cleveland Browns beat the Los Angeles Rams 20-6, the final score. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the St. Louis Cardinals 23-10 in National Football League play. And that pitch is in for a call strike. It's 3-1 now to Aspermani. Bears are leading the Lions 35 to 14 at the end of three quarters. There's a pitch lawn away, and Aspermani walks to become the first Houston base runner of the afternoon off Bernard. Here in the bottom of the second, we're the one man out. Ivan Morrell is coming up for his first time in the major league. He has participated in one previous game uh, just as a late inning reserve, and this is his first time up in the major league. In there for a call strike. He's 18 years of age, 6'3", 196-pounder, Panamanian. There's a swing and a miss. It's a two-strike count. He hit 225 in Moultrie this season before breaking his arm. Played his first pro game on June 6th of this year. There's a throw over to first, not in time. In the National Football League, at the end of the first half, the Baltimore Colts 7 and the Green Bay Packers nothing. Now pitch that's in there for a call, strike three, and his first time up in the major leagues, Morrell has been called out on strike. Strikeout number three for Larry Bernard. Two men out of runner at first, and John Pashorek is coming up for his first time in the major leagues. Pashorek is 18 years of age, 6'2", a 200-pounder from Detroit, Michigan. 
He hit 219 in 78 games at Modesto this season with nine homers and 49 runs batted in. Swings and sends a foul ball high into the air to the right side, into the stands and out of play. In the NFL at the end of the first quarter, the San Francisco 49-7, the Minnesota Vikings, Vikings nothing. Here's a pitch inside for a ball. Of course, in the American Football League, the revamped New York Jets won their second consecutive game last night, defeating the Oakland Raiders, and that's two in a row for Weeb Eubank and his crew. And that pitch is outside for a ball. It's two and one. So that is good news for the growing family of fans of the New York Jets in the American Football League. Now the 2-1 pitch is outside for ball. A crowd of some 17,000 fans were on hand last night at the Polo Grounds to see the Jets and Oakland. Here's a swing and a ground ball foul. And right now we pause for station identification. This is WGY Schenectady, 810 on your dial. Where the time is one and a half minutes before five o'clock, the temperature 50 degrees. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy at Cold Stadium in Houston, Texas. No score in the game. Here is a pitch high. And going on down to first is for short with the base on ball. So he has walked his first time up in the major leagues. It sends... Bob Astromani on to second, brings up catcher Johnny Bateman with runners at first and second, two men out, and no score. Number seven, the catcher, John Bateman. Benari checks him, and here's the pitch to the right-hand batter. It's in for a call strike. Bateman's batting 207 for the season, 10 home runs, and 56 runs batted in. Bernard has the sign now, up and set. This pitch is swung on and missed. Two-strike count to the Colt catcher. Last year, the New York Mets finished the season at Wrigley Field in Chicago, finishing up here this afternoon in Houston, Texas. Two-strike pitch is fired outside, and it's one and two. When this ball game is over, of course, ball players will be scattering in the direction of home, which means they'll be scattering in all directions from here. As a swing and the ball is hit deep to right field. Crane pool going back, back, back. Can't get it. It's over his head. One hop to the wall. One run has scored. Two runs have scored. As Crane pool runs it down on the way to third. And overthrown. Backed up by Bonard. Bateman moving into third. Sliding in safely after having driven in two runs. The relay came in high over the head of third baseman Jim Hickman. And Bonard was backing up third, fortunately. The ball was over the head of Cranepool in right, hit in the track, hit the wall, and then came off past Cranepool as it came off the wall. So the Colt 45s lead by a score of two to nothing, and Chris Zachary is up, two men out in the runner at third. 
scored as a triple. Here's the pitch in for a strike to Chris Zachary. Here is a swing and a miss. Zachary bats left, incidentally. That was the first hit off Larry Bernard, the triple by Johnny Bateman to drive in two runs. Here's the pitch in for a call strike three. Bernard gets his fourth strikeout. Side is retired as again Bernard's got two strikeouts in the inning. But not before the coach got two runs on one hit. No errors and one left. Score at the end of two innings as the Colt 45s two and the Mets nothing. Right here, the Colt 45s have taken a 2-0 lead over the New York Mets. On the triple by Johnny Bateman to right field to drive in two runs. So we'll be going to the top half of the third inning, and it's my very great pleasure to bring in once again Ralph Kiner. Thank you, Lindsay. Hi there, everyone. One base hit in the ball game. The Colts have it. They lead 2-0. The first man up will be Larry Bernard for the Mets. Larry, a right-hand batter, batting 143. On the mound, Chris Zachary. He has struck out two while shutting the Mets out. And his first pitch, a fastball down at the knees, strike one. Zachary, a right-hand pitcher with two wins and two losses. This is his seventh start. Now the right-hander comes back to the plate. Bernard hits a fly ball to left center field. A long run, and it might drop in there. Going around the left fielder, it's on through into the left center field area. Bernard rounds at second base. He's going for third. Here comes the relay, and Bernard goes in standing up. A three-base hit for Larry Bernard for the first hit for the Mets in this ball game. Now the Mets have a runner at third with no one out, and the batter will be Eddie Creampool. Eddie, the leadoff man for the Mets, grounded out to second base his first time up. Well, we've had two hits in this ball game, and both have been three-base hits. Colt 45 scoring their two runs on a three-base hit by Johnny Bateman. And Larry Bernard picking up the first hit for the Mets, a three-base hit. Cranepool, a left-hand batter, batting 209, and the first pitch is low, ball one, dug out of the dirt by Bateman. One ball, no strikes. Colt 45 is playing the infield back at first, second, and short. The third baseman, Bob Aspermani, playing even with the bag. Now Zachary winds up, and the 1-0 pitch, again low, this time a breaking pitch. Ball two, two balls and no strikes. Final game of the year. Mets playing their 162nd ball game. Looking for their 52nd victory. Here's the 2-0 delivery. Fastball line to left, the base hit. Scoring from third base is Larry Bernard. Cranepool rounds at first and holds there as Jim Wynn comes on in and picks it up, throws in to the shortstop covering at second base. So the Mets have their first run. The score now cut to 2-1. to one. And that will bring up Duke Carmel, who struck out swinging his first time up. The RBI for Eddie Cranepool, his 14th this year. Eddie before the ball game saying that he had to get his average up to 210. That was his objective, and so far he has done it. One for two. Now Duke Carmel, a left-hand batter. And the first pitch a curve in there, strike one. One strike count on Carmel, batting 236. Pitch back to Carmel, a slow curveball inside and low. One ball, one strike. Jim Umbright warming up in the bullpen for the Colt 45s. Big, tall right-hander. 
Score two to one, Houston leading. Mets batting with no one out, top of the third. They have one run in. Now time called as Carmel steps out of the batter's box. And the pitch back to the plate is fouled down the left field line into the bullpen area and out of play. Chris Zachary, number 44, on the mound for the Colt 45s. He is 19 years of age. The Colt 45s have quite a few young boys in their ball club. The other night, they started the club with the average age of 19.4 years. Now at 1-2, Carmel swings and misses, strike three. The second time that Carmel has struck out. And that is the third strikeout for right-hander Chris Zachary. One out now. Eddie Crane pulled at first base and Ron Hunt coming up for the second time. Ron was hit by a pitch ball his first time up. Ron last night had a 12-game batting streak stopped. That raised his average to 270. He has 10 home runs and 42 runs batted in. Now the pitch. Curveball inside, ball one. Pete Rose was selected the rookie of the year in the National League. Ron Hunt actually out-hit him in batting percentage, also out-homered him, and drove in more runs. Both playing at second base. Now at 1-0, Zachary sets and comes to the plate. And a fastball is hit off the handle. A looping line drive to second base, picked up by the second baseman, Joe Morgan. And Eddie Cranepool is double off first. Eddie breaking away from the bag had no time to get back, and that is a double play to end the inning. Double play number 101 for the Colt 45s. For the Mets, one run on two hits. There were no errors, no one left on base. And the score at the end of two and a half innings. The Colt 45s, two, the New York Mets, one. You know, it's a big, wide, wonderful world we live in. There are so many ways to enjoy life. Boating, golf, tennis, swimming, picnicking, or just relaxing in the backyard. And you know what goes with all of this? I'm sure you do. Gold Extra Dry. It's the wonderful beer to enjoy on a wonderful day. In fact... Rheingold makes even ordinary days seem wonderful. It's the flavor that does it. The extra refreshing flavor that is Rheingold's alone. And dry tells you why. Rheingold's way of brewing is long, slow, and costly. But it pays off in taste. It gives Rheingold the happiest taste in beer today. But why not find that out for yourself? Next chance you get, open up or order up. Fine, cold Rheingold. Discover why millions say, my beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Moving to the bottom half of the third, the Colts on top, two to one, and Larry Bernard starts to work with the fastball in there, strike one. Larry pitching to Glenn Vaughn. Glenn struck out his first time up, now batting for the second time as the leadoff batter in the ballgame. And he hits the next pitch deep down the right field line, foul. Vaughn batting 179. Left hand batter. Vaughn played at Durham this year, and he takes on the outside corner. Called strike three. So Vaughn, who batted 289 at Durham, has struck out for the second time in this ballgame. And Larry Bernard now has 
Five strikeouts to his credit while working two and one-third innings. And with one out here in the bottom half of the third, the Colts leading two to one, the batter is Joe Morgan. Joe playing second base, a left-hand batter. And the first pitch is taken outside for ball one. Morgan popped the third his first time up. Bernard's back again. There's a swing and a miss. Strike one. One ball, one strike. Houston with two runs on one hit. The Mets have one run and two hits. Two-run triple by Johnny Bateman, giving Houston the lead two to nothing. And then the Mets picked up their first run to cut it to two to one in the top of the third. Pitch back to the plate is low. Two balls, one strike. Larry Bernard back to work, and a high changeup is over the top of the head of the batter. Ball three. Three balls, one strike. Big ballpark here at Houston with the wind blowing in today. 360 down each line. Now the pitch back. A slider too low, ball four. So Larry Bernard has walked his third men in the ball game. Two of them have scored to cost him the lead at this point, two to one. And with one out, he'll pitch to Jim Wynn, who struck out his first time up. Jim, a right-hand batter, batting 243. And the first pitch is outside, a breaking pitch, ball one. playing his second year in professional baseball. Last year he signed with Cincinnati, played down at Tampa. One old delivery. The ball is fouled down the first base side. Caught in the air by Eddie Cranepole. He goes over and steps on the bag. And Joe Morgan, who was running on the pitch, is trapped off first base for the double play to retire the side. The double play by the Mets, 151 on the year. In the inning for the Colt 45s, no runs, no hits. There were no errors. One walk, erased by the double play, and no one left on base. And the score at the end of three. The Colt 45s, two. The New York Mets, one. Well, we got a good look at the new stadium being constructed here right adjacent, contiguous to this ballpark. It's to be ready in 1965, and it should be a very beautiful stadium. One of the engineers working on the stadium here, the same man who worked in the stadium in New York, Shea Stadium, Captain Prager. So you can bet that both stadiums will have the benefit of Mr. Prager's engineering genius. And the Mets will be all set to open up their new ballpark, which will be the grandest baseball park in the world for the 1964 season. Mets are now taking season applications for tickets for the 64 season. All you have to do is mail to Season Applications, Polar Grounds, New York, 39, New York, and your application will be sent you for season tickets for the 1964 season. Mets opening up in 64 with the best baseball park in the world. Now it's the top of the fourth, and the Mets open up against Zachary, and the first man up is Tim Harkness. He takes outside ball one. Harkness batting against the right-hander, batting for the second time. He walked the first time up, and the next pitch is lined in the right field, a base hit. Coming over to pick the ball up is John Pasorek, and he throws it on in, and Harkness has his base hit, the second 
make it the third base hit off the right-hander in the ballgame. Mets now have the time run at first base with Jim Hickman coming to bat. That ball was hit so hard that the second baseman, Joe Morgan, could move only about a step before the ball was by him. Hickman batting for the second time struck out his first time up. And his first pitch is fouled off to the right side out of play. Strike one. Jim batting 229 with 17 home runs and 51 runs batted in. Well, the grand old man of baseball, two great players playing today. One in his final game, the other one, who knows how long he can go, Warren Spahn. And he pitched a shutout today, 2-0. Another shutout for Warren Spahn, his seventh this year. Here's a foul ball hit into the dugout. Strike two. Also his 62nd shutout in his major league career, and Warren won it over Chicago by a 2-0 score. He beat Bob Buell, and Warren pitched a four-hit shutout. He makes this game look mighty easy. The other one, of course, making the game look easy for 22 years, Stan Musial. And this will be Stan's final game today. He already has one hit and two times up. He'll bring you up to date in his final totals when that game is completed. Now the pitch back to Hickman outside. One ball, two strikes. Right here, the Colts lead two to one. The Mets have the time run at first base with no one out. Jim Hickman, the batter, against Chris Zachary. Now at one, two, a let-up is hit slowly down to third base. A tough chance for Bob Astromani. He picks it up, throws to first base, not in time. Astromani making a good play, falling down after he threw the ball, but not picking up the runner as the throw arrived about a half a step too late. Moving on down to second on the base hit is Tim Harkness, and the Mets now have runners at first and second base with no one out, and the batter is Joe Hicks. Joe, a left-hand batter, flat out to right field his first time up. Joe batting 232. Infield looking for a possible bunt here. Time runs at second base with no one out. The go-ahead run at first. Last day of the season. Doubt if he'll be bunting. Now the pitch. It's inside. It's ball one. Hicks not squaring around. One ball, no strike. Joe with five home runs and 22 runs batted in. Standing right on top of the plate. Now the pitch. It's high and outside, ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Jim Umbrick warming up in the bullpen for the Colt 45s once again. He's a right-hand pitcher. Chris Zachary taking the signs from Johnny Bateman. Now he takes his stretch position. Looks at second base, comes back to Hicks. And the fastball has popped up on the infield. An infield fly. Batter's automatically out. Bob Aspermani had to chase that one down after the wind got hold of it. But of course, with the sign given by the umpires, the batter was out no matter what happened. Runners, of course, had the choice of advancing after the catch at their own risk, or if there's no catch, the same. So Aspermani comes up with that one for the first out. And the batter now is Choo Choo Coleman. 
Both 45s have two runs and one hit. The Mets have one run and four hits. One man out, top of the fourth inning. Coleman grounded out to first his first time up. He's a left-hand batter, batting 176. Chuchu has driven in eight runs this year. He has played in a total of 105 games. This is his 106. And a curveball is looked at. A good one at the knees. Strike one. Chuchu's had 43 base hits and 246 times up. Of those 43 hits, he's had three home runs. No doubles, no triples. One strike pitch, curveball bounced in the dirt, blocked by Bateman. Ball bouncing in front of home plate, and the runners hold. Tim Harkness on at second base. Jim Hickman on at first. Both arriving as a result of base hits. The Mets with a total of five hits. Make it four hits. They had two in the third and two here in the fourth. One ball, one strike. The on-deck batter, Al Moran. Now Zachary takes his set position. And his pitch. Curveball outside. Ball two. Two balls, one strike. Zachary, as Lindsay told you, takes a lot off his curveball. It's almost a change curve. And it has a big rolling motion. Big breaking curveball. For a young pitcher of 19, he has good poise in the mound. Now the pitch back, it's inside ball three. Three balls and one strike, and Zachary now is a pitch away from loading up the bases. One man out, top of the fourth inning. Mets with a time run at second base, the go-ahead run at first. Now Zachary with the 3-1 delivery. Runners go, the pitch is hit sharply, down off the glove of the second baseman. Coming around from second base to score is Tim Harkness. Jim Hickman on the hit and run goes to third unmolested, and Choo Choo Coleman has driven in the time run, and the Mets have tied it up at 2-2. Two to two. Coleman picking up his ninth run batted in on a 3-1 hit and run play. The ball was hit sharply right over second base. Joe Morgan, the second baseman, went over to backhand it. Ball hit hard off of his glove and went out into right center field. It scored a base hit, and now coming out to the pitcher's mound, Newman Harris, and it's going to be a new pitcher in the ball game. Newman Harris taking Chris Zachary out of the ball game. Mets with runners at first and third base and one out, and in three and one third innings, Chris Zachary has been charged with two runs. He has given up five hits. He struck out three and walked one. Of course, the runners at first and third, his responsibility. Now, while we wait for Umbrick to warm up, here's Lindsay with some scores. All right, Ralph, in the National League, at the end of four and a half innings, the Dodgers lead the Philadelphia Phillies by a score of one to nothing. All right, Mahaffey started for the Phillies, and now Balchin, Jack Balchin, has relieved him in the fifth inning. Don Drysdale is pitching today for the Dodgers, going for his 20th win of the season. The Milwaukee Braves have defeated the Chicago Cubs 2 nothing. Warren Spahn getting his 23rd win on a four-hitter. He's lost only seven. Bond's 60-second shutout, his seventh this year. Bob Buell started, took the loss for the Cubs, and it was Burdett in the eighth inning. 
Henry Aaron hit a home run in the first with nobody on. Here's 44th the time with Willie McCovey for the home run lead in the National League. The end of four and a half innings, the Giants lead the Pittsburgh Pirates one to nothing. Tommy Sisk against Jack Sanford. The end of seven and a half innings, the St. Louis Cardinals lead the Cincinnati Reds two nothing. Jim Maloney going after his 24th win of the season. He's 23 and seven. Bob Gibson uh, going after his 19th. He is 18 and nine. The American League rain along the eastern seaboard has caused the postponement of contests in Boston and New York. The Angel at Boston postponed because of rain. The Minnesota Twins at New York postponed because of rain. Going to the bottom of the seventh, it is the Cleveland Indians two and the Kansas City A's one. Jim Mudcat Grant going for Cleveland. Adonahue for Kansas City with Sturdivant in the seventh inning. Number Washington four, defeated Detroit Chicago Brown, White Sox nine to two. Detroit defeated the, defeated the Baltimore Orioles seven to three. Now, once again, here's Ralph Kiner. Okay, Lindsay, Jim Umbright, with a record of three wins and three losses, making his 35th appearance. He'll be pitching to Al Moran, and his first pitch is low ball one, a fastball. Infield playing back for the double play at second and short. The first baseman and third baseman playing in to go either way. Runners at first and third, one man out. Time run to third base. Moran batting for the second time. Flight out to right field his first time up. He's batting 195. Now the pitch back to the plate. It's taken outside, ball two. Moran squaring around as though to bunt, taking when the pitch was out of the strike zone. On that play, a safety squeeze set up. Of course, with the safety on, the runner at third base does not take off with the pitch, and it is not a suicide play, so Moran has the option of bunting or taking. Umbright has pitched 75 and one-third innings. He has a 2.64 earned run average. Big tall right-hander. He comes back outside again. Ball three. This time a slider that's outside and low. So Umbright has thrown three pitches. He's behind 3-0, and oh, and he's only one pitch away from loading up the bases for Larry Bernard, who's the on-deck batter. Umbright now sets. And he comes to the plate, and he's on the outside corner, strike one. Umbright was originally signed by Milwaukee in 1959. He was traded to Pittsburgh for outfielder Emo Panko. He was acquired by Houston in the expansion draft. Now the 3-1 pitch fouled out of play. Strike two. On that play, Chuchu Coleman was running on the pitch in order to break up a chance for a double play for the Colt 45s. The count, three balls and two strikes. Jim Dixon now throwing in the bullpen for the Colt 45s. Jim, a right-hander. Score tied at 2-2. The Mets with runners at first and third, one out. Coleman easing off first. He goes. The pitch is hit. Is missed. The throw on down to second base is taken by the second baseman. And now they have Chuchu Coleman in the rundown. A throw over to Hickman as he moves off, and Jim gets back in the third. On the play, as the throw goes over to third base, Chuchu Coleman goes into second. So on the missed 3-2 pitch, Al Moran was struck out. The throw on down to second base was taken by Joe Morgan, the second baseman. Chuchu Coleman had stopped three-quarters of the way down. Morgan had him in a rundown. And then when Hickman moved off third base, Morgan went over to third to try and pick up Jim, but the throw to third base was too late. So the Mets have runners at second and third base with two men out. And Larry Bernard coming up. Stolen base credited to Choo Choo Coleman. 
Larry Bernard, the right-hand batter, tripled his first time up to left center field and scored the first run scored by the Mets. The score tied now at 2-2. And the first pitch to Larry is in the left field, a base hit. Coming in from third base to score is Jim Hickman. Here comes Tutu Coleman. Here comes the throw. But the throw is offline, takes a bad hop over the pitcher and catcher, goes up against the screen. Bernard now going to third base. The throw down there is not in time, and he is safe. So a single by Larry Bernard puts the Mets in front by a 4-2 score. Jim Hickman and Chuchu Coleman scoring. And on the throw home, Bernard moves on down to second base and then an error given to allow Bernard to move over to third base. The error charged to the left fielder, Jim Wynn. The throw coming in took a very high hop over the top of the catcher's head and also over Jim Umbright's head, who was coming back of home plate to cover. So the first error of the ball game, the Mets lead 4-2. Those four runs are charged. All against the starting pitcher, Chris Zachary, and the batter now is Eddie Cranepool. Eddie singled his last time up. He is one for two. Here's the windup in the first pitch to the left-hand batter. It's inside, ball one. Well, Larry Bernard now has contributed two big hits to his cause in this ball game. He has scored the first run and driven in the third and fourth run. The other run driven in by Cranepool when he singled the left. Now a check on the swing, but not in time. Strike one. One ball, one strike. One ball, one strike. The pitch back, a curveball. It's outside. Two balls and one strike. Big right-hander into the swing, and now a 2-1. The pitch is hit on the ground down to the first baseman, Rusty Staub. He takes it, throws to Umbright, covering the first base, and that retires the side. In the inning, though, the Mets take over the lead by scoring three runs on four hits. There was one error, one man left on base, and the score at the end of four, should say at the end of three and a half innings, the New York Mets four, the Houston Colt 45s two. Chug-a-mug. Chug-a-mug? Chug-a-mug. What? Chug-a-mug. Rheingold's new wide mouth container with a top that's so easy to open. You've never seen anything like it. You don't need an opener. You don't even need a glass. To open the Chug-a-mug, you pull the tab on the top straight out, straight up, and pull it off. And you're all set to drink right from Chug-a-mug's wide mouth. Chug-a-mug holds the same amount of delicious Rheingold extra dry as the 12-ounce can. Cost the same, too. There's no deposit, no return. My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Chug-a-mug is a new way to buy beer. Better get some today. Chug-a-mug, what you say? What a great way to drink Rheingold beer. You'll find the new Chug-a-mug wherever Rheingold Extra Dry is sold. What a great way to drink Rheingold beer. Mets lead 4-2, Larry Bernard now starting to work on Rusty Staub. And the first pitch is low, ball one. Staub shortening up as though to bunt. One ball, no strikes. Bernard now has given up two runs on one hit. A two-run triple by Johnny Bateman, the catcher. And Bernard comes back high with a slider, ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Mets breaking out with three runs in the top of the fourth to take the lead. Larry Bernard driving in two of the runs. Now at 2-0, he comes in on the inside corner, a called strike. Two balls and one strike.
At 2-1, a lead opposite in the left field, a base hit. The ball going by the shortstop into shallow left field, picked up by Joe Hicks. And Rusty Staub is on at first base. And while we wait for the next batter to come up, Bob asked for money. We'll pause now for station identification. This is WGY Schenectady, where you hear all the games of the New York Mets. For baseball, the best in music, for comprehensive, reliable news reporting, stay tuned to WGY. Bob Aspermani is outside, ball one. Ralph Geiner, along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Colt Stadium in Houston, Texas. The final game of the year, the Mets lead four to two. Aspermani, the time run, and he hits the next pitch to right field, a base hit. Eddie Cranesville comes over, cuts it off on one hop, and he throws on in to Al Moran. The throw taken by Moran relayed the first base to Tim Harkness, but Aspermani is safe at first. Holding at second base on the base hit is Rusty Stodd. So two hits in a row now, and the Colt 45s are threatening to come back and tie it up. Runners at second and first base. Rusty Staub at second base. Bob Aspermani at first. Colts now at three base hits, and the batter is Ivan Morrell. Morrell struck out swinging his first time up. He's looking for his first base hit in the major league. He's a right-hand batter. And the first pitch is butted out toward the mound. Larry Bernard picks it up. He goes to first base, a high throw, and Morrell is safe. And moving over to third base on the play is Rusty Staub. On down to second base is Bob Astromani, and that is a base hit. Larry Bernard lobs the throw to first base, waiting for Ron Hunt to get there. He couldn't fire away. The throw is too high, and Morrell, who can fly down the line, is safe at first base with a base hit. So now the base is loaded, no one out. The batter is John Pashorek. And Ed Bowser is now warming up in the bullpen for the Mets. That bunt was not especially good. Bunted out over toward the right side, about 15 feet from the foul line, but Burrell tore down that line and really moved. John Pashorek. Walked his first time up. He takes outside ball one. He's a right-hand batter. He, too, looking for his first major league hit. Officially, he has not been a bat, although he has walked one time. Morrell with that bunt getting his first major league hit. There's a little blooper in the left field, a base hit. Coming in from third base is Rusty Stodd. From second base is Bob Astromani. The throw is cut off, and the Colt 45s have tied it up. John Pashorek getting his first major league hit, which drove in two runs to tie the score at four to four. Moving to second base on the base hit is Ivan Morrell. Runner still at first and second base with no one out. And the batter is Johnny Bateman, who tripled in two runs his first time up. Bateman one for one, batting 207. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter is in the center field, a base hit. Morrell coming around from second base with score. The ball bobbled by Carmel, but John Pashorek holds at second base, and the Houston Colt 45s have taken the lead 5-4, to four. and coming in the bat in place of the pitcher, Al Spangler. That base hit by Bateman giving him his third RBI in the ballgame. He now has a total of 59 on the year, and Casey Single now out to the mound, and that's all for Larry Bernard. That gives Bateman uh, 59 RBIs to the season, which is a team high 
Five base hits in a row. No one out and coming in from the bullpen in right field is Ed Bowater. Say, wouldn't right now be a good time to pour yourself a glass of Rheingold Extra Dry? You bet it would. So open up or order up a Rheingold Extra Dry. It's beer as beer should taste. In the bullpen now in place of Dixon, Turk Farrell warming up. Five hits in a row driving Larry Bernard out of the ballpark. Larry now going toward the right field clubhouse area. And in the ball game is Ed Bowater. Bowater making his 47th appearance. He has worked 70 and two-thirds innings. He has an ERA at 3.93. His record three and four. He has not picked up a decision while pitching for the Mets. His record compiled while pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. No one out in the bottom half of the fourth inning. So Larry Bernard's working a total of three innings officially. So far, he has been charged with five runs. He gave up six hits. Four of them, five of them coming in the fourth inning. And while working on the mound, he struck out five batters and walked three. Ed Bowater will pitch to Al Spangler, a left-hand batter. Spangler, left-hand batter, with a batting average of 280. Out to checking the signs from Choo Choo Coleman. The score five to four in favor of the Colt 45s. The infield looking for the bunt. Spangler squares around. The pitch is low and inside. Ball one. The ball got away from Choo Choo Coleman about four feet, but he picked it up. The hold for Shorek at second base and also John Bateman on at first. Now Bowser sets again. Here's the pitch. A bunt down to third. A real good bunt. It might be a base hit. The ball allowed the roll. Juju Coleman couldn't pick it up. Neither could Jim Hickman. And Bowser finally made the pickup. It's a base hit. Two perfect bunts in this inning to help the Colt 45s. They once again have the bases loaded. Still no one out. And batting for the shortstop, Grand Vaughn, is Pete Runnels. Pete Reynolds, the left-hand batter, batting for Glenn Vaughn. Vaughn had struck out his first two times up. Pete is batting 252 with two home runs and 21 runs batted in. And he hits the first pitch to deep right field. Eddie Crane for waiting there with glasses down. Tagged up, the runner at third base. He comes in the score after the catch. And moving over to third base is Johnny Bateman. Scoring from third base is John Pashoik. And the Colt 45s now lead 6-4. An RBI for Pete Ruddles. No time at bat on the sacrifice fly. And with one out, it'll be Joe Morgan coming to bat for the third time. Joe has walked and popped up to third in his first two appearances. He's a left-hand batter. Morgan with six hits and 24 times up, batting 250. The first pitch is in the dirt. Dropped by Choo Coleman, but the runners hold. Ball one.
One. Pitch in by Bada. Throw to first base. Harkness makes the tag too late on the runner there. Al Spangler. Now the pitch back is swinging a miss. Both laid six to four, scoring four runs in the bottom half of the fourth after the Mets had taken the lead by scoring three runs in the top of the fourth. Now throw to first base by Bowser, but Spangler back. John Bateman on at third base. Infield playing in on the left side. And the pitch is in the dirt. A nice block by 2-2 Coleman. Ball bouncing way out in front of home plate and up against 2-2 Coleman's chest protector. One ball, two strikes. About a right-hander set. And it's pitch a curve, a check of the swing, but not in time, it's strike three. So Joe Morgan strikes out for the second out. That is the first strikeout for Ed Bowser. And Ed now will work to Jim Wynn, right-hand batting left fielder who has no hits and two times up. Wynn, the ninth man to bat in this inning. Here's the windup, the runner goes, the pitch is hit on the ground, through in the center field of base hit. Johnny Bateman scores from third base, and Spangler goes into third base, and the Colt 45's lead now 7-4 on the base hit by Jim Wynn. That run charged to Larry Bernard, so all seven runs in this inning go against Larry Bernard. And that is the first hit after the bunt by Al Spangler that... Ed Bowser has given up, and now Rusty Stodd comes to bat for the second time in the inning. He singled the left field his first time up and scored the first of five runs that have scored here in the fourth. And the first pitch to the left-hand batter is off the glove of Chuchu Coleman, ball one. Coleman picks it up, and the runners hold at first and third. Colt 45, seven runs on eight base hits. Mets have four runs and six. Two men out, bottom half of the fourth. Now Bowser sets again. Here's the 1-0 delivery. A curveball in the outside corner to strike one. Dobbs started the inning with a base hit to the left. And before Larry Bernard could get anyone out, Colt 45 had picked up five hits in a row. Now at 1-1, the pitch is bounced slowly out toward the pitcher's mound. Bowser picks it up, throws the first base, and that retires the side. Colt 45 sends 10 men to the plate as they score a total of five runs on seven base hits. There were no errors. Two men were left on, and the score at the end of four. The Houston Colt 45-7, the New York Mets 4. Now here is Lindsay to bring you up to date on the baseball and football action that's taking the place across the nation. All right, Ralph, thank you very much. In St. Louis, they're going to the bottom half of the ninth inning now with the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals tied two, and it's Worthington in relief now for Cincinnati against Bob Gibson, who started for the Cardinals. But the big story of the game there is that Dan Musial has played his last for the Cardinals because he left the game for pinch runner 
Jerry Cobb is out of action and Musial's National League career has finished. In the first inning this afternoon, Stan Musial was called out on strike. In the fourth inning, he singled to center. In the sixth inning, he singled to right, scoring flood from second and then left for pinch runner Gary Cobb. So on his final day, Stan Musial went two for three in National League action. And now, by courtesy of our statistician, Mr. Matt Winnick, here is the career record of Stan Musial. 3,026 games, 10,973 times at bat. Musial scored 1,949 runs. He had 3,630 hits. He had 725 doubles, 177 triples, 475 home runs, 1,950 runs batted in, a lifetime batting average of 331 for Sam Musial. He was presented today with an eight-foot painting of himself by the Cardinals. Also on hand to witness Musial's final appearance, Ford Briggs, Joe Cronin, Warren Child, Sid Keener of the Hall of Fame, St. Louis Mayor Richard Tucker, and Missouri Governor John Dalton. Right here we're going to the fifth inning, and Duke Carmel is up. Dick Farrell is the pitcher on the mound for the Houston Colt 45. Bob Lillis is the shortstop in place of Glenn Vaughn. Pitch to Carmel. He is low for a ball. It's one and one. The Colt 45s have gone to their flame-throwing right-hander, Dick Farrell, here. Umbright worked two-thirds of an inning, allowed no runs on one hit, struck out one, and walked none. Here's the pitch to Carmel tight for a ball. Carmel's been up twice, struck out both times. We're in the top half of the fifth inning. Houston leading the Mets by a score of seven to four. And the pitch. Low for a ball, it's three and one. We'll bring you up to date on other scores around the majors in just a moment. New ball put into play, a count of three and one to Duke Carmel. It's a swing and a foul ball back to third, and it's given a run back, and it's being brought back by the wind, and is uh, off the glove of catcher Johnny Bateman, but no play as it was off his glove and up against the screen. That ball started to sail well back into the stands, and coming over was third baseman Aspermani, and it finally was blown on back so that Bateman got a shot at it near the screen, but couldn't hang on to it, because he couldn't tell as it was coming straight down then whether it was going to hit the screen or not. It didn't until it was off his glove. And then he trapped it against the screen. So it runs the count full to Carmel. And the pitch is outside for a ball. And Carmel has drawn a base on balls. The Mets trailing by three runs get a base runner here in the top of the fifth. And Ron Hunt is coming up. The end of five innings of play. The pennant winning Dodgers lead the Phillies by a score of one to nothing. Don Drysdale worked five innings and now has been brought out. Pete Rickard has relieved him. If Rickard can save it, Drysdale will have his 20th one of the season. Mahaffey started for the Phils, Balshan in the fifth, Chris Short in the sixth, Bobby Wine has now homered for the Phils. Milwaukee Braves shut out the Chicago Cubs 2-0, and Warren Spahn got his 23rd victory of the season today, his 62nd career shutout, his seventh this year. Henry Aaron hit a home run, number 44, to put him in a tie with Willie McCovey of the Giants for the home run lead. Here's a swing and a bloop into right field, and this one's going to drop in for a base hit. Carmel's on his way to third, taken way out there by Pashorek, played back in, and Hutt goes in with a double. That's second base for Ron Hutt. It is his 28th double of this season. 
Every time he gets a two-bagger, it's a new club record for the New York Mets. So the Mets get runners at second and third, and Tim Harkness is coming up. The first baseman, number three, Tim Harkness. Wind blowing across and out toward right field here this afternoon. In the bullpen now for the Colt 45, right-handed Jim Dixon is throwing. Here's the pitch low and away to Tim Harkness at the plate. Harkness represents potential tying run at the plate with nobody out in the top half of the fifth inning for the New York Mets. He tried to check that one and did. It is 2-0. He started around, holding as he went, and checked it in time. It's 2-0. St. Louis, they're playing in the bottom of the ninth. Tied 2-2, the Reds and the Cards. Here's a swing and a miss. Two and one. The Angels at Boston and the Minnesota Twins uh, at New York postponed today because of rain. Cleveland Indians beat the Kansas City A's two to one. The dugout of the Colt 45 still is riding umpire Ken Burkhardt down there third. Here's a swing and a foul ball back and out of play. Runs the count even at two two. Washington Senators defeated the Chicago White Sox nine to two today. I've seen the winner and Gary Peters the loser. Hunt and Nicholson had home runs. The Detroit Tigers beat the Baltimore Orioles 7-3. McLean the winner and Bunker the loser. Brown, Gentile, and Wirt had home runs. Here's a swing and a miss, and Tim Harkness is a strikeout victim. That is the second strikeout for Farrell since he came in. Carmel holding it third and Hunt at second with one man out. Jim Hickman is the batter. He's one for two today. Farrell with the pump and the pitch. Swung on, hit in the air down the left field line. Now the wind holds it up. Plenty of time for Aspermani. And also, there is Lillis. Aspermani takes it in foul territory. Carmel Tags comes down the line a step or two, and it goes back to the bag. So Hickman has fouled out. The third base, two away, and Joe Hicks is the batter. Runners holding second and third. Two men out. John Bateman got rid of the mask, throwing it way over to the right because he didn't know where the ball was going to come back to, and he wanted to get the mask uh, well out of the way. The National Football League, the Washington Redskins beat the Dallas Cowboys 21-17. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the St. Louis Cardinals 23-10. The Chicago Bears rolled over the Detroit Lions 37-21. It's a swing and a pop to short center field. Going out is second baseman Joe Morgan. Bob Lillis is there, and shortstop Bob Lillis makes the catch. So the Mets are out in the top of the fifth with no runs on one hit. There, were no, there was one error and two left. In the four and a half innings, it is the Colt 45-7 and the Mets 4. We'll be moving to the top half of the fifth, in, uh, bottom half of the fifth inning here. Colt 45 sent 10 men to the plate in the fourth. So they'll have Bob Astromani up here to lead off. Ed Bowder still in the ballgame. On the mound for the New York Mets. Aspermani is one for one in a walk today. He's a right-hand batter, and Ed Bowders into the wind-up. The pitch is inside and low for ball one. The last day of the National League season, Sunday, September 29th. Here's a 1-0 pitch. Side-armed in for a call strike. It's one and one. Ken Bowder looks for the sign. The 1-1 pitch, again side-armed, and it's outside. Casey Stengel has been talking to Bowder a great deal about that delivery because 
Bowder does not miss uh, coming through with a submarine delivery by very much off that sidearm motion. Richie swung on and looped into right field. It's a base hit. Could be an in-between. It's on back, Rainfield. Going to roll all the way to the ball. Astromani on his way to second. Round second hits for third. Here comes the relay, and he goes in standing with time to spare. Throw comes to the plate. And it's a long in-between triple for Bob Astromani. Ivan Morrell is coming up now. Got his first major league hit in the bottom half of the fourth inning. Morrell is a right-hand batter. Here's a pitch swung on and missed for a strike. Runner at third. Mets play the infield end. Pitch is swung on and missed. It's strike two. And this is the last day of the season. We of the Mets radio and television crew certainly want to acknowledge all the fine help, assistance, cooperation we've had from the New York Mets organization in bringing you these broadcasts and telecasts. Here's a pitch swung on and fouled off so that Morrell stays alive with a two-strike count. Incidentally, Executive Vice President Herb Walker, Jr. of the New York Mets is here this afternoon, seated down just behind the Mets dugout. There's a swing and it's popped up to the infield on the first baseline. Harkness comes down and makes the catch in foul territory as the wind took it over. No advance by Aspermani. Right now, in order to allow our stations to identify themselves, we pause for station identification. You're tuned to WGY Schenectady, your New York Mets station. The time, 30 seconds past 6 o'clock, the temperature 50 degrees. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy at Cold Stadium in Houston, Texas. John Pashorek is up, and here is the pitch breaking low and away for ball one. So we want to acknowledge the help and cooperation of Chairman of the Board, M. Donald Grant, Mrs. Charles S. Payson, the principal owner of the New York Mets, Mr. Herbert Walker, George M. Weiss, the president, his secretary, Margaret Regetz. Here's the pitch low for a ball. It's 2-0. Administrative Assistant Johnny Murphy and his secretary Rose Trotter. Administrative Assistant Wid Matthews and his secretary Marianne Kanicki. The minor league department Joe McDonald and Bob Elliott. Director of Public Relations Tom Meany, Assistant Hank Kelly. Secretary Madeline Calasurda. Now... Time has been called, and Bowder wants uh, to check out with Choo Choo Coleman. The count is 2-0 and oh to John Pashurik at the plate with runner at third and one man out to cold 45s, leading 7-4. to four. First, we couldn't get along without the help of the controller because he's the man who makes out the checks. Jody Gregorio, his assistant Ed Milisak, road secretary Lou Ness, of course, who's been a great help to us all season long in travel arrangements. Receptionist Annette Van Tyck, our statistician here, Matt Winnick, of course. Here's a pitch in for a call strike, a breaking ball. It's two and one. One man out and a runner at third. We're in the bottom half of the fifth inning. That still have the infield in. Now looks for his sign. Up and set. 
Here's the 2-1 pitch. Swung on and looped into left field for a base hit. A handle hit, but it's going to score a run. Bob Astromani jogs across the plate. Pesharek holds with his second Major League base hit. His third run batted in. This is his first Major League game, and he's having a big day. He's two for two and a walk. Has scored two runs, driven in three, and Johnny Bateman is coming up. The Colt 45s lead the Mets by a score of eight to four. And, of course, we want to acknowledge the entire Polo Grounds crew, business manager Jim Thompson and his secretary, Pat Davis. Here's the pitch in for a call strike. Promotion director Julie Adler and his secretary, Nancy Coletti. Director of ticket sales, Jerry Waring, and his secretary, Anne-Marie Fontanetta. Runner leads at first base. Here's the pitch low and away. Choo-choo digs it out. It's one and one. We'd like to acknowledge the director of season plans, Bob Mann. Special services, Matt Burns, Sarah Marcus. Here is a swing and a miss. One and two. Bob Lillis is uh, in the on-deck circle right now. Gold 45 is leading 8-4, to four, and here's a pitch low on the way again. Choo-choo had to go out there to dig it out. It's a 2-2 count. Charge of group sales with the Mets, Jim Murray and the women's division of group sales, Betty King. In the ticket department, Bill Gibson, Johnny McKee, Frank McGinnis, Marty Meyer, Duke Dusenberg, Dusenberry, Cliff Cobb. Here's a swing and a foul ball, off and out of play. Count holds at 2 2. Of course, we couldn't get along without the switchboard crew because all season long, they take care of uh, calls, messages, and there are a lot of those. Believe me, here's the fish low for a ball. It's out full at three and two, so our thanks to Lee Caputi and Christine Myers, Don Ignazi, Wilhelmina Brandt. The Colt 45 is leading the Mets by a score of eight to four, and we're in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Ed Bowder off the stretch. The runner goes. The pitch is inside. He walked him. So, Bateman goes to first with a walk. Moving to second is Pishorek. Bob Lillis is coming up, and Casey Stengel's going to the mound. And we're going to get a pitching change right here. Tracy Stallard is coming in. Tracy Stallard coming on for the Mets here in the fifth inning. As Ed Bowder. That's worked one and two thirds innings. Mitchie has given up one run on three hits, struck out one and walked one. So Stallard becomes the third Met pitcher of the day on this, the final day of the season. Lillis uh, is the batter, which means if you're keeping a scorecard, Lillis is. Batting number nine, Turk Farrell is batting in the leadoff spot in the batting order. They came in together, and it's up to the manager's discretion. 
The nominal manager happens to be in the clubhouse at the moment, having been ejected, so that Lum Harris is in charge of proceedings for the Colt 45s. And Tracy Stallard is warming up. Which gives us a chance again to offer a few acknowledgments. Secu uh, Security Chief Jim Cahill at the Polo Grounds, Head Usher Joe Conley, the public address announcer, and a fine one, Jack Lee. The club physician, Dr. Peter Lamott. Now the pitch to Lillis, and it's outside for a ball. The Colt 45s have runners at first and second. There's only one man out. Tracy Stallard checks the runners. Pitch to the right-hand batter, swung on and fouled on the right field line out of play. Our thanks to the Met trainers, Gus March and Lynn Lisher. To the clubhouse man, Cliff Norman and uh, Herb Norman and his assistant, Fred Cordetti. Swing and a ground ball off the glove of Hickman and on into left field. Rounding third and coming home is Pishorek, the throw to the plate. He goes in standing up. It's by Coleman. It's by Stallard. Moving on is Bateman to third and down to second is Bob Lillis. It is scored as a base hit. An RBI. An arrow on the throw on Joe Hicks in left field. Pishorek scoring. Bateman moving to third. Bob Lillis to second. 45 pitcher number 13. Score is the Colt 45-9. The Mets 4 and Kurt Farrell is coming up. We want to say a word of thanks to fellows who run the press room at the Polo Grounds. The fine crew you'll never find in Bill Boylan, Lou Napoli, and Ralph Sharper. Tracy Stallard's pitch is inside for a ball. Mets again have to play the infield in with only one man out here and runners at second and third. And the pitch is high for a ball. Ballard again looks for his sign. Pumps and pitches. Breaking ball. It's on the outside corner for a call strike. Two and one. Swinging a foul ball back and out of play. The count is even now. Two two. looking for the sign again. And a 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball off the outside corner. Runs the count full now to pitcher Dick Farrell. And again, Stallard. Pumps and pitches. Payoff pitch. Fired in for a call. Strike three. Caught Farrell looking that time as he guessed with him and guessed wrong. So it's the first strike out for Stallard. Two away, and Joe Morgan's coming up. Nothing for two and a walk. 
like to acknowledge the visiting clubhouse men at the Polo Grounds, Mickey Rendine, Nurse Ruth Harden, Howard Smith and his Western Union operators. Pitches inside to Morgan. Photographer, Louis Rikina, Joe Bariskell, Dick Collins in the press box. Bad boys and ball boys, Harvey Camnister for the Mets, Glenn Wines for the visiting team, ball boy Tom O'Connell. Pitches in there for a call strike. One and one to Joe Morgan at the plate. He's a left-hand batter. Stallard's pitch swung on and fouled up the right field line out of play. Runs the count to one and two. We want to acknowledge Pete Mustachio in the accounting department. So from all of us on the radio and television crew of the New York Mets, our sincere thanks for all your help during a season which began with exhibition play on March 9th and is ending here this afternoon in Houston, Texas. Pitches inside and low for a ball. It's 2-2. And we hope to begin another and better season next March. Again in Florida. Here's the pitch low for a ball. It's three and two. The Colt 45s are leading here by a score of nine to four. And here's a payoff pitch. Outside, he walked him. So Joe Morgan goes to first. The bases are loaded. Jim Wynn is coming up. He is the eighth man to come up here in the fifth inning for the Colt 45s. They sent up ten men in the fourth inning. Now Stallard with the pitch. And it's fired high for a ball. Jim Wynn bats number three in the batting order of the Colt 45s. One for three, single, and drove in a run in the bottom of the fourth. Ken Stallard is set. Here's the pitch. Swung on, popped up, foul, into the stands, and out of play. Off to the right side. Johnny Bateman is the base runner at third. Bob Lillis is at second, and Joe Morgan is at first. Now the pitch, and it's outside for ball. Two and one. Base is loaded. Two men out. Stallard with the two-one pitch, and it's outside for a ball. Three and one. down to Lum Harris to see if he's taking on 3-1. Uh, Not. He swings and misses. It's 3-2 now. So with two men out, the carousel will be spinning. Run and, runners moving on the pitch. Bases loaded. 
Dallard takes a moment to go to the rosin bag. Cold 45's nine, the Mets four, and we're in the bottom half of the fifth. Runners go, and here's the pitch outside. He walked him. That forces in a run. Bateman crosses the plate, and you give Wynn a run batted in for drawing the walk with the bases loaded. It is the first time Houston has scored as many as 10 runs in a game all season long. The Houston Colt 45s reaching the high water mark in runs scored here on the final day of the season. Here, attention, ladies and gentlemen, now catching for the Mets, number eight. Chris Canizero is the catcher for the New York Mets, and Rusty Staub is coming up. Rusty Staub is coming up. He is the 10th man to come up here. Here is a pitch low for a ball. Check it. He's the ninth man to come up here in the fifth inning. A little scorecard trouble here in the fourth and fifth. The scorecard wasn't designed for this sort of thing. Now Stallard again into the motion and the pitch. Swung on and foul back. Out of play. It's 1-1. The Met battery is Stallard pitching and Canizero catching. That is the highest run total of the season for Houston. Ten runs the most Houston scored in any game this season. Dallard again looks for the sign. The bases is still loaded with the cleanup man at the plate, and the pitch is high for a ball. Colt 45's got five runs in the fourth inning, and so far they have three runs here in the fifth inning. Lillis, Morgan, and Wynn are the men on base. Swing and a foul ball off to the right side and out of play. The count is two and two. A number of the ball players on both teams had made tentative plans to catch early planes out of Houston today for their respective homes and we begin to look as though they can forget it. Here's a pitch inside and low for a ball. So again, the count has gone three and two. Again, runners will be moving on the pitch. Dallard working off the stretch, and it's low. Again, he walks in a run. He has walked Rusty Saab with the bases loaded. Bob Lillis crosses the plate. Colt 45's lead 11 to 4. Bases still loaded and Bob Aspermani coming up. He is the 10th man to come up in this inning for the Colt 45. 45 third baseman number 14, Bob Aspermani. Grover Powell is up and throwing in the bullpen for the New York Mets. Here's a pitch swung on loop in the right field. Kringfield is coming out and makes the catch. For the out that retires the side, Aspermani going out to Cranepool in right, but in the bottom half of the fifth inning, Gold 45's got four runs, three hits, one error, and three left. And the score at the end the five full innings of play is the Gold 45's 11, the New York Mets four, and now a word from Cool Cigarettes. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough. Unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. What kind of cigarette do you smoke? Plain, filter, or one of those new menthols? 
makes no difference. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. Only cool gives you rich, mellow tobaccos and extra coolness you draw free and easy through cool's pure white filter. That refreshing extra coolness you feel in your throat. Cool's menthol magic brightens taste Refreshing all day through Feel extra coolness in your throat As cool comes through for you You'll be smoking cool, cool all the time When you come up to cool Cool, filter kings with the pure white filter at Cold Stadium in Houston, Texas, this is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner, and we're going to the top half of the sixth inning. Chris Canizaro is up for the Mets. This is his first time up in this game. He's a right-hand batter. Facing Dick Farrell. Working in relief. Chico Fernandez swinging a bat on deck. Here's a pitch swung on, popped up to the right side. Rusty Stubb tiptoes to the infield grass and makes a one-hand catch. To play that win carefully, but Canizero has popped out. Here is Fernandez batting for Moran. Fernandez is a right-hand batter coming up here in the top of the sixth with one man out and nobody on base. And the pitch is swung on and popped up in foul territory. Bateman moves over and makes the catch. Frank Thomas is in the on-deck circle to bat for Tracy Stallard. Perhaps you heard a PA announcement saying Fernandez is batting for Stallard. That wasn't quite right. He was batting for Moran. There's a correction. Two away, and now this is Thomas batting for Stallard. The official paid attendance here for the final game of the season... 3,899 total in the ballpark, 5,409 total paid attendance for the Colt 45s for the season, 719,502. 719,502, the Houston total paid for the season. The pitch to Thomas is low and away for a ball. Stallard is out of the ball game. Here's a swing and ball hit in the air to right center and it's taken by center fielder Ivan Morrell so that the side is out in order here in the top of the six no runs no hits no errors none left and the score at the end of five and a half innings is the Colt 45's 11 and the New York Mets four for the New York Mets Grover Powell is the pitcher Chico Fernandez is the shortstop Fernandez will bat eighth and Powell will bat ninth if you're keeping a scorecard in San Francisco, the Giants have defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 4-2. to two. The San Francisco Giants, on the final day of the season, have clinched third place. So the order of finish in the National League, the Los Angeles Dodgers have won the pennant. The St. Louis Cardinals have finished second. The San Francisco Giants have finished third. Now here is Grover Powell's first pitch to Ivan Morrell, and it is fouled off to the right side out of play for strike one. Again, a pitch that is fouled off for strike two. Larry Bernard is the pitcher of record for the Mets. Jim Umbright's the pitcher of record in this game for the Colts 45. That's a pitch swung on and missed for strike three. So, Grover Powell opens up with a strikeout here. 
Smokers, now's the time to come up to cool and feel that extra coolness in your throat. Here's a young man, John Pishorek, making his major league debut today, and he walked, he singled a drive in two runs, and he singled a drive in one run. He has scored three himself. Grover Powell with the pitch. Pishorek swings and misses. He's a right-hand batter. Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals are playing in the bottom half of the 11th inning. Tied 2-2. Bill Henry working against Ron Taylor, both in relief. That's Powell's fastball, but low. It's 1-1. The Phils are leading the Dodgers in the top half of the ninth inning, two to one. That pitch is high. Drysdale started for the Dodgers today, left at the end of five innings, leading one nothing. But then Pete Rickard came on and gave up a home run to Bobby Wine in the seventh. In that inning, the Phils got a total of two runs. Now Miller has come on in the eighth. Bob Miller. Here's a pitch low. It's three and one. Art Mahaffey started for the Phils. Jack Balchin in the fifth. Chris Short in the sixth. So Don Drysdale, no matter what happens, cannot be the winning pitcher. He's won 19 games for the season. Here's a pitch swung on, and it is in the air in foul territory to the right side. Canizara goes as far as he can go, and the wind helps this one into the stands and out of play. Right here, the Colt 45s are leading the Mets by a score of 11-4 to on the final day of the season. Grover Powell waiting until Chris Canizero is set behind the plate. And a payoff pitch. Low, and he walked in. Pishorek goes to first, and Johnny Bateman comes up. He is tripled to drive in two runs, single to drive in one, and walk. Bateman has scored two runs himself. John Bateman. Pishorek leads at first. The middle left-hander, Grover Powell's pitch is low, off the glove of Canizera, comes on by, and moving to second base is John Pishorek. Scored as a wild pitch. Powell's working off the stretch. Pitch swung on, hit on the ground to third. Taken by Jim Hickman, he guns to first in time. No advance. Either runner at second. Now it'll be shortstop Bob Lillis coming up. Two men out. Shorick at second. Houston 11, the New York Mets 4. Now the pitch is high for a ball. Al checks and deals. Pitch is swung on, looped into center field for a base hit. Pishore found third, he's coming home. Carmel overruns the ball, it's by him. Lillis on his way to second, Lillis on his way to third. Carmel up for the ball, the throw to third. Lillis slides in safely. The ball gets by Hickman, is backed up by Grover Powell. A single for Lillis, a run batted in, and a two-base error charged against Carmel in center field. The Colt 45s 
with 12 runs in this game have reached their season's high. They lead 12 to 4. Number 13, Dick Farrell. Dick Farrell is coming up. Two men out, a runner at third. Grover Powell with the pitch, and it swung on and missed by Farrell at strike one. Farrell cannot be, uh, or as things now stand, will not be the winning pitcher in this ballgame. Umbright is pitcher of record. Here's a swing to foul ball down the right field corner and out of play. Cold 45 is leading by a score of 12 to 4. Here's a swing and a ground ball knocked down by Powell. Chases it back up with it. Throws on in time and retires Dick Farrell. The bottom of the sixth, the Colt 45's got one run, one hit, one error, two walks, one left. And the score at the end of six full innings is the Colt 45's 12 and the New York Mets 4. Well, some of the New York Mets and some of the personnel connected with the New York Mets have been busy uh, recently in preparing a film called Let's Go Mets, which will be a story of the New York Mets baseball organization, and it'll be available for distribution to organizations this winter. The film will be ready about November 15th. So if you'd like to have this film called Let's Go Mets for showing at your organization, please request it at least three weeks in advance. Just write to Mets Film Department, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. That's Mets Film Department, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. If you'd like to get Let's Go Mets for showing to your organization. We'll be going now to the seventh inning, and Ralph Kina will be coming in here to take you the rest of the way to close out the season on radio. But first, we pause for station identification. This is WGY Schenectady, 810 on your dial, where the time is... 631 and a half and the temperature 50 degrees. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Colts Stadium in Houston, Texas. The Colts lead 12 to 4 and Eddie Cranepool will come to bat as he leads off here in the seventh. The pitcher is Turk Farrell and the first pitch is popped up high in the air by the pitcher's mound. Bob Aspermani calling for the ball. He makes the catch in front of the mound for the out. So Eddie Cranepool, who had one for three, now is one for four. One out in the seventh inning, and the batter will be Duke Carmel. Duke has struck out twice and walked. His walk coming against Turk Farrell, the third pitcher used by the Colts 45s in this ballgame. Carmel, a left-hand batter, and his first pitch is a fastball, a swing and a miss, strike one. Farrell came in the game in the fifth inning. So far, he has given up one hit. He's allowed no runs. And there's a ball hit into center field. Moving over is Ivan Morrell. And he makes the call and he makes the catch. Out number two. And now the batter, Ron Hunt. Ron has the only hit of the ball game off Turk Farrell. He doubles with Duke Carmel on first base in the fifth inning. His first time up, he was hit by a pitch ball. His second time up, he grounded into a double play. So he is one for two. Ron is hit safely in... 13 of his last 14 ball games. On closing out a fine year, his first year in baseball, and he hits the first pitch right through the middle, a base hit in the center field. Ron rounds at first base and holds there, and Ron now has the two hits given up by Turk Farrell. The Mets with a total of eight base hits in the ball game to go with their four runs. The Colt 45s have 12 hits to go with their 12 runs. 
That will bring up Tim Harkness. Harkness has 102 times up. He also has walked. Tim, a left-hand batter, hits the first pitch down to the second baseman, Joe Morgan. He digs it out and throws him out to retire the side. In the inning for the Mets, no runs, one hit, no errors, one man left on base. And the score at the end of six and a half innings, the Colt 45s 12, the New York Mets 4. Now here's a familiar song with an up-to-the-minute beat. Think of Wrangle whenever you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet. It's the dry flavor treat. Won't you try extra dry Wrangle beer? It's not bitter, not sweet, it's the dry flavor treat. Won't you try extra dry Rheingold beer? Moving to the bottom half of the seventh, Joe Morgan, the first man up for the Colt 45s, the left-hand batter, and Grover Powell in his second inning, misses with his first pitch low ball one. Colts lead 12 to 4. Powell worked in the sixth inning. He was charged with one run on one hit. Now the next pitch back to the plate popped up in foul territory. Chris Canizero comes back. The ball drops in the playing field. He can't get to it. Strike one. One ball, one strike. Colts had the lead 2-0. At the end of two, the Mets scored a run in the top of the third to cut the lead to 2-1. And the Mets took the lead with three runs in the top of the fourth, four to two. They saw it go away when Houston scored five runs in the bottom half of the fourth to take the lead seven to four. Now the pitch back to the plate, outside ball two. After that, the Colts scored four runs in the fifth, one run in the sixth. They now lead 12 to four. Grover Powell back at 2-1, and there's a ball hit fouled on the first base side. Count evens out at two and two. Mets have used four pitchers. Larry Bernarth went three, Ed Bowden went one. Tracy Stoddard went two-thirds. Grover Powell now working the second. Pitch back is high. Ball three now. Full count to Joe Morgan. Morgan looking for a base hit. Outside the pitcher, he's the only man in the lineup without a base hit. Now he hits the next pitch foul. So the count stays at three and two. Colts lead 12 to 4. Bottom half of the seventh inning. Here's the windup and the pitch. High for ball four, and Morgan walks to first base. Ninth walk issued by the Met pitchers in this ball game. The second one by Grover Powell. It brings up Jim Wynn. Wynn has singled and three times up. He also walked with the bases loaded to drive in a run, force in a run, and he has two RBIs in the game. First pitch to the right-hand batter, a strike at the knees. Win batting 243. Pitch back, a called strike, strike two. No balls and two strikes. 
Now Pyle sets. And his next pitch, a curveball, is high. One ball, two strikes. Joe Morgan at first base not being held on by Tim Harkness. Mets have an infield of Harkness, Hunt, Fernandez, and Hickman. Pyle now at 1-2. And the ball is fouled out of play. In the outfield, the Mets have Joe Hicks in left field, Duke Carmel in center, Ed Cranepool in right. The catcher is Chris Canizero. Once again, one ball, two strikes, and the pitch. Curveball, too high, ball two. Two balls and two strikes. And Powell misses once again, low this time. Full count of three and two. Three balls, two strikes. Powell sets. Joe Morgan at first base. He goes. The pitch is low and outside. Ball four. So two walks in a row, and the Colts have runners at first and second base with no one out. And the batter is Rusty Stock. Colts now have 10 walks in the ball game. The first baseman, Rusty Stock. Rusty has walked once to force in a run, and he has singled in three times up. Batting at 224, left-hand batter. And Powell gets a fastball in there, which is fouled back on the screen, strike one. Galen Sisko warming up in the bullpen for the Mets. He's being warmed up by pitcher Jay Hook. Casey Stengel, who was in the bullpen, now coming back to the dugout. Next pitch to Staub is it on the ground down to Hunt. A chance for two over to Fernandez in time. The throw to first base is high, and the double play is not pulled off. First play at second base. On the play, Joe Morgan moves over to third base. So when exchanging with Rusty Staub at first base, one man out for the Mets in this inning, and the batter coming up is Bob Aspermani. Bob has walked, singled, tripled, and lined out to right in his four appearances. He has scored three runs, and he's batting 2-11. Aspermani has been tough against the Mets all year. They lead 12-4. Here's a ball hit down to the shortstop, Fernandez. He picks it up, throws the hunt, covering the second base. The return throw to first base is not in time for the double play. And scoring on the play from third base, Joe Morgan. So the Colt 45s add one more run to their total. They now lead 13 to 4 with two men out. The batter is Ivan Morrell. Ivan has one hit and four times up. And the first pitch is a swing and a miss, strike one. If Philadelphia. with their win, will finish up fourth if Cincinnati loses to St. Louis. That game in the 11th inning. Next pitch is low, ball one. One ball, one strike. The batter is Ivan Morrell. And he hits the next pitch on down to Fernandez at short. He takes the easy way, going to hunt covering at second base for the force play to retire the side. In the inning, the Colts score one run, 
with no base hits, there were no errors, two walks, one man left on. And the score at the end of seven, Houston 13, the Mets 4. And to check the scores around, now let's take a look. Philadelphia 3, Los Angeles 1. The winning pitcher was short, the losing pitcher Rickard. Wine home run of the seventh with no one on. Dodgers finishing with 99 victories this year. Milwaukee shut out Chicago 2 0. Warren Spahn, the winner, his 23rd win against seven losses, his 62nd shutout in his career, and his seventh this year. A home run by Henry Aaron, his 44th to tie Willie McCovey for the National League lead. San Francisco 4, Pittsburgh 2. The winning pitcher, Sanford, the losing pitcher, Sis. San Francisco by winning, clinched third place in the National League. Felipe Lou and Cometti had home runs. At the end of 12, it's 2-2. Cincinnati against St. Louis. Cincinnati has a chance to tie for fourth if they can win that ball game. Jay now pitching for the Reds against Ernie Brolio. The American League, Los Angeles at Boston postponed rain. Cleveland defeated Kansas City 2-1. Minnesota at New York postponed rain. Washington defeated Chicago 9-2. Detroit knocked off Baltimore 7-3. In football, the Giants defeated Philadelphia 37-14. Cleveland knocked off the Rams 20-6. Washington Redskins defeated Dallas 21-17. Pittsburgh defeated St. Louis 23-10. And Chicago defeated Detroit 37-21. Now we have a new pitcher in the ballgame. It's Jim Dixon in the game. His record 0-1. His first pitch is outside ball one. Also football scores. Green Bay 31, Baltimore 20. Minnesota 45, San Francisco 14. And the next pitch back to Jim Hickman is popped up by the pitcher's mound. Coming in now is Bob Aspermani. He calls and he makes the catch for the out. So Jim Dixon picks up his first out working in the top of the eighth inning. And now he'll work to Joe Hicks. Joe is 0 for 3 in the game. Left-hand batter batting 232. The pitch by Dixon is low, ball one. Turk Farrell, who went out of the ball game, worked three innings, gave up no runs, allowed only two hits. He was the third pitcher used, Jim Dixon the first, after Turk Farrell. Now the next pitch high, ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Official announcement is that if the score does not change as far as the Mets taking the lead, that Jim Umbright will be the winning pitcher. He was the second pitcher used. A line shot down the first base, dug out on one hop by Rusty Staub. He goes over to first base, makes the play unassisted. Two men down, and the batter will be Chris Canizero. First batting for the second time, popped up the first his first time up. He replaced Chuchu Coleman, who was one for two in the ballgame. Umbright worked two-thirds of an inning. Here's the first pitch to Canizero. Fly ball to fairly deep center field. Moving back to center fielder Ivan Morrell. He turns and makes a catch, and that retires his side. A one-two-three inning for Jim Dixon. And the score at the end of seven and a half innings of play. Houston 13, the New York Mets 4. In the ball game for the Mets at third base in place of Jim Hickman is Ted Schreiber. Over Powell on the mound, getting set to work the bottom half of the eighth inning. The Colts lead 13-4. Powell, the fourth pitcher used by manager Casey Stengel, still warming up in the bullpen is Casey Stengel's choice, Galen Sisko. 
First man up will be John Fasorek, playing in right field. John has a perfect day going, and he looks at the first pitch at strike one. Fasorek has walked twice and singled twice in his debut in the major leagues. He has scored three runs in the ball game. And the next pitch is low for ball one. One ball, one strike. Pitch back to him, a swing and a miss, strike two. One ball, two strikes. Should correct ourselves, but Shorik has scored four runs. He's been on base four times and scored every time. Pitch back to the plate is low, a curveball. Two balls and two strikes. Can't have a better debut in baseball than to be up four times, score four runs, and come off perfect at two for two with two walks. Next pitch, a hard ground ball off the glove of Ted Schreiber. He can't find the ball. Beshoik rounds at first base and holds there. And this one could go as a base hit. It scored a base hit. So John Beshoik has a perfect day going. He's reached first base in his first five appearances in the major leagues. Three times on base hits, two times on walks. And with no one out in the bottom half of the eighth, the Houston Colt 45 is leading by a 13-4 score. The batter will be Johnny Bateman. And he fouls the first pitch back, strike one. Now we have a pinch hitter for Bateman. It's Dave Adlish, a pinch hitter. And the one-strike pitch to Adlish is taken in there, strike two. Adlish, a right-hand batter. He has no hits and seven times up, and he fouls the next pitch back. It's a holding count at 0 2. Pitch back again, back to the mound, a chance for two. Powell goes to second base in time to Rod Hunt. He throws to first base for the double play, and that retires the first two men up in this inning. The base hit erased by John Pashoy, and that double play for the Mets, they're 152nd on the year. If you're scoring, it went 1-4-3, and it brings up Bobby Lillis, who has two hits and two times up. Lillis, a right-hand batter, and he takes the first pitch, ball one. All the makers of Ryan Gold Extra Dry are happy to be sending this game to you and also all the games this year, and we certainly hope you enjoyed it. Next pitch, high ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Lillis, the right-hand batter. Score 13-4 Houston. The Mets coming to bat in the top of the ninth. There's a foul ball back on the screen. We'll send up Chico Fernandez, then the pitcher's position, and then Eddie Cranepool in the leadoff spot. Now at 2-1, the pitch by Powell is too high. Count moves to three balls and one strike. Powell working his third inning. Now comes back high again, and it's ball four. Fourth walk given up by Grover Powell. The 11th walk picked up in the ballgame by the Colt 45s to go with their 13 hits. And with two men out, it will be Jim Dixon batting for the first time. Jim batting 
in the pitcher's position as the leadoff man since coming in the ballgame in place of Turk Farrell. He takes high, ball one. Dixon, the left-hand batter, and the pitch back is swung on a miss. Strike one. One ball, one strike. One ball, one strike. And the pitch. Popped up on the third base side. Going back is Ted Schreiber. He's calling for the ball. And he makes the catch to retire the side. Ball caught in foul territory. In the inning, no runs on one hit. No errors, one walk, one double play, and one man left on base. And the score at the end of eight innings of play, Houston 13, the Mets 4. Well, with the constantly increasing interest of women in baseball, the Mets are making special plans for the ladies for 1964, including special speakers and baseball slides for women's clubs. Your organizations desire... You can attend the ball games in groups and have lunch or supper in the event of a night game at one of the beautiful restaurants at Shea Stadium. For further information, write to Mets Women's Division, Polo Grounds, New York 39, New York. Don't forget the final game of the season in the Polo Grounds, the Latin baseball game at the Polo Grounds on October 12th, that Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. Roberto Comeni, Orlando Cepeda, Felipe Lou, Juan Marichal, and many others playing in that ball game in the final baseball game of the year. Of course, the Jets will be playing all their home games at the Polo Grounds, so football coming your way throughout the rest of the season. Well, it's the top of the ninth inning, and if the Mets don't score nine runs, it will be the last time the Mets will come to bat this year. First man up is Chico Fernandez. Right-hand batter, Chico in the ball game in place of Al Moran. He batted once, and he fouled out. He takes high ball one. Jim Dixon on the mound. Dixon, the right-hander, comes back, and the next pitch is fouled straight back of home plate and out of play. One ball, one strike. And the lady right below us came up with that ball on one hop, and is she a thrilled person? One-one pitch by Dixon hit hard down to the second baseman, picked up and thrown to first base in time for the out. One man out. And that will bring up the pitcher's position, but Dick Smith is coming out of the dugout to bat for the pitcher, Grover Powell. Smith batting 220, a right-hand batter. He has no home runs and three runs batted in. At the end of 13 innings, Cincinnati trying to reach fourth place in the National League race, still tied with St. Louis, 2-2. Two two. Brolio battling Joy J. That means some money to those ball players. If they can get in fourth place, they'll get a piece of the World Series cut. And that's quite a battle. If Cincinnati can win, they can tie Philadelphia for fourth. San Francisco since third place by winning today. Here's the pitch to Dick Smith, the strike called, a fastball in there by Jim Dixon. As Dixon takes the sign from his catcher, 
Dave Aldrich. And the pitch. Hit right back through the middle. A base hit into center field. Smith rounds at first base. Ball off of the glove of the center fielder, but not far enough to allow Smith to go to second. And Dick has a base hit as a pinch hitter for the pitcher, Grover Powell. That'll bring up Eddie Cranepool. Number 21, the right fielder, Eddie Cranepool. Cranepool has one hit and four times up. Left-hand batter. Base hit, drove in a run. And the pitch to Cranepool is high ball one. One ball, no strikes. Mets now with nine hits. The Colt 45s have 13. Colts lead 13 to four. One out, top of the ninth. Dixon sets. The runner does not go on first. And the ball hit down to second. A chance for a double play. The first one made. The second one is in time. And that is the end of the 1963 season. Eddie Cranepool grounding out to the second baseman into a double play. And that is the end of the ball game in the 1963 season. For the Mets, no runs on one hit, no errors. A double play racing the base hit, and no one left on base. And the final score of this ball game, Houston 13, the Mets 4. And the Mets all through for the 1963 year. And don't forget that the Mets are taking ticket applications for the 1964 season at Shea Stadium. All you have to do is write to ticket manager... Polar Grounds, New York, 39 New York, for your application for tickets for the 1964 season. I'll be back with a recap in just one minute, but now a word from Cool Cigarettes. Today, most menthol cigarettes are pretty much alike. But here's a wonderful exception. Cool Filter Kings. You see, only cool gives you rich, mellow tobaccos and extra coolness. A refreshing coolness you draw free and easy through Cool's pure white filter. An extra coolness you feel in your throat. Listen. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. Cool's menthol magic brightens taste, refreshing all day through. Feel extra coolness in your throat as cool comes through for you. You're not smoking cool, cool, cool enough till you come up. Too cool. Cool. Filter Kings with the pure white filter. Well, the final game of the year, the 162nd game played by the New York Mets, going to the Colt 45s by a score of 13 to 4. The winning pitcher was Jim Umbright, who worked one third of an inning. He won his fourth game of the year. The losing pitcher was Larry Bernard. Larry losing his eighth game of the year. He has won three. Final score, the Colts 13 runs on 13 hits. They made two errors. The Mets four runs on nine hits. They made two errors. And for the season, the Colts ended the season with 66 victories and 96 losses. They won two more games than they won last year. The Mets ended the season with 51 victories, 111 losses. They won 11 more games than they won during the 1962 season. Right here at Colts Stadium, the Colts won... Seven ball games of the nine played, and on the season, the Colts won a total of 13 games of the 18 ball games played. So the difference between the Colts and the Mets actually in the difference between the two clubs personally. That's the end of the season, and of course, all of us here with 
Ryan Gold and Viceroy happy that we could be with you all year, and we certainly want to thank you for being with us and putting up with us for this period of time. All the thanks coming from Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, and all of our staff, and we're looking forward to next year. Right now, I'd like to remind you to enjoy fine cold Rheingold. Rheingold Extra Dry. Those two little words, Extra Dry, tell you why Rheingold is preferred by millions. Here is beer with a clean, clear taste, brisk and bright all the way through. And Dry tells you why Rheingold Extra Dry is beer as beer should taste. Now, this is Rob Kiner saying so long for Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, our producer Joe Gallagher, our statistician Matt Winnick, our engineer Joe Kresnicka, and for Cool Cigarettes, Cool Filter Kings, the cigarette that gives you rich, mellow tobaccos and extra coolness, a refreshing coolness you feel in your throat. Final score of the ball game, the Colts 13, the Mets 4. So long for the year, everybody. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network.